there's a reporter and he was headed out in the country side and he was on his way on his way back actually from a different story that he'd been reporting on and as he was driving through the countryside he drives by this pig farm and which by the way you usually smell a pig farm before you get there so he kind of knew it was coming and he looks out and there's just pigs everywhere I mean, just a huge pig farm and as he's looking out he notices as he gets a little closer to the house he gets past the barns and the pens and all that and there's this smaller pen and in that smaller pen is like a big big old pig and he's looking at that big old pig and as he looks a little closer as he's driving he's like wait and he stops and he looks and sure enough that pig has got three pig legs like three wooden legs on this pig and he's going that cannot be right. So he gets closer. Sure enough, the thing's got three wooden legs. So he runs back to the car, grabs his camera, takes a picture. He's like, I got to find out what this is all about. I've never seen a pig with prosthetic legs before. So he goes up to the house and knocks on the door, you know. Finally, a couple minutes later, here, out comes the, the farmer. He says, what can I do for you, young man? And the guy says, well, my name's Steve Smith, and I was just driving through the countryside here, and I could not help but noticing you, your big old pig out here in this special little pen. It's got three wooden legs. And uh, Farmer John goes, oh, that's lucky. He says, what? He goes, I'm telling you, this is the most amazing pig that I have ever had. As you can see, I got a lot of pigs. I'm a third-generation pig farmer. I've seen a lot of pigs in my day. And he said, ain't nothing, ain't nothing like Lucky. I call him Lucky because it's Lucky I got him. He says, because here's the deal about Lucky. He says, when, he says, that pig, I kid you not, before God, that pig had saved my life, not once, but two times. And Steve says, well, do tell. He goes, well, the first time, he said, I was out, I was out in my tractor. I was getting some things done. I was on an incline. My tractor wasn't acting right. I got back behind that tractor to look at the PTO, and as I did it on an incline, I did not set the emergency brake appropriately, and that tractor came back on me, caught my leg, was rolling up me real slow, but man, that tractor, it just wasn't stopping, so I started screaming, help, 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 and he says, well, the missus was in the house cooking and singing and listening to her records. She couldn't hear a thing, but you know what? Who did hear it? Oh, Lucky heard me with his little pig ears, man. He just came running out, saw what was going on, ran up to the house, and just started banging on the door, just... And he got, got the attention of my wife and the missus. She come running out, saw what was going on, ran back, got on the phone, called my buddies. They came in and saved my life. Steve goes, man, that's amazing, John. He says, that's a true story. And he says, well, you said he saved you twice. He goes, well, the second time was during a during, uh, well, I hate to say it, but the truth is it was during slaughter season, and we were just working so hard, and I'm just covered in all the things you get covered, and it was so tired, it was about two in the morning when we finally finished, and I thought, I don't even want to clean up. I just went out to the barn and just laid down on the grass, fell asleep. He says, well, I had my lantern with me, and of course, I kicked it in, the, in my sleep. The lantern fell over, lit the barn on fire. I'm in there just about ready to cook like bacon, and well, the carbon monoxide, I would have never woke up, but you know what? My little, my little lucky man, lucky he knew something was wrong. It's like they got a pig sense, sixth sense, some kind of pig sixth sense, I bet you. Anyway, next thing I know, old Lucky came in. He's dragging me out of the barn by the cuff of my pants, pulled me right out of that barn, saved my life. Lucky I had him, huh? Steve Smith goes, well, that is truly amazing. I still don't understand, though, because I actually came up here to ask you, why does this pig have three peg legs? Farmer John goes, well, son, pig like that, you ain't going to eat them all at one time. <laughs> does not wisdom call? 
Does not understanding raise her voice? Are you guys wondering what that story has to do with this? Yeah, me too. I just wanted to tell that story. Isn't that a great story? Sometimes things are just going to go the way they're going to go. <laughs> I asked in first service if there was any way that after they heard the preach that they could figure out how to make that story coincide with the preach, just send it on up. No one could work it out. All right. Yeah. Should we get a third service just to see? No. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. I love how straightforward Proverbs is. You know, they just lay it right on you. I think one of my favorite things about Proverbs is how it gives you the opportunity. You know, it's always giving the, it's always giving the contrast and compare, right? You're like, you want to be wise? Because it'd be like this. Or you want to be a fool? Because it'd be like this. But do you want to be wise? Huh? It'd be like this. Or you want to be a fool? Because it'll be like this. You decide. <laughs> Don't you love that, right? Like, strike a wise man, he will love you. Correct a wise man, he'll be wiser still. Strike a fool and he will hate you. Correct a fool and what is it? I don't know, they'll hate you. (laughs) You decide. A wise man will become wiser if you correct him, but fools hate instruction. You get to decide if you want to be a stupido or if you want to have wisdom. Don't you love that? I'm just glad I get to decide. How come you're not excited about this? This is a huge deal. We get to decide. I I think that's what I love about Proverbs. But I also love it that they don't polish it up. Like, oh, bless your heart. No, you're either moving towards wisdom or you're moving towards foolishness. But you get to decide. Praise be to God. Now, here's an interesting thing about this scripture as we're deciding. Is, uh, you know, in our day and age... And I think we probably have all grappled with this. I don't want to be cavalier because I, I know that we've all grappled with this. And that is hearing God's voice. Amen. We've all had those times where like, I don't feel like I hear God's voice. And there's always somebody who you're like, are you kidding me? Like the way they talk, you'd be like, apparently God is just like bored and has no one to talk to except for you. Right? <laughs> They're just like, man, I was talking to the Lord this morning and he told me this and he told me that. And he really liked my socks. And then he told me that. And you're just like, are you kidding? Because it would be great if he would talk to me like he's talking to you. So I feel like I don't hear God's voice. Amen? Anybody feel that way sometimes? Yes. And I don't know what to tell you about those guys. Maybe they've just spent more time figuring out how he speaks. I don't know. But I do know this. We all go through seasons where we are like, God, I desire to hear your voice. And we can have a sense of why don't I hear you more clearly? And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but today I want to talk about one particular facet of that. And I believe that many times, you know, we hear people share their desire to hear God, to know what to do, what to believe. And here we have these words. This is what's interesting. Here we have these words in Proverbs that say this, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? In other words, are you saying you don't hear? Doesn't wisdom call? 
Doesn't wisdom raise her voice? Are you saying you're not hearing? Because she's actually calling. And it goes further. On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. She's not being silent. Now think about this for a minute with crossroads. What happens at a crossroads, right? You're driving down straight, you come to a crossroads. What do you have to do? You gotta make a decision. Where am I going? Where am I going? And the, and the scripture is telling us, listen, in the place of decision, wisdom is actually calling out to you. Wisdom is actually raising her voice and saying, here's the way. And so, so if scripture is saying that, and in other places, in fact, scripture says all of creation speaks of the glory of God. We know that God actually says, I don't do anything unless I tell my prophets about it. We know that, 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 um, that God speaks to us all the time, that his name is God with us. In fact, one of the things that we have for the name of God is he is the word. The word. He is a communicating God. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, wait a minute. If, if I'm having a hard time hearing God, if I'm having a hard time discerning the voice of God, one of the questions that we do have to ask ourselves is, perhaps I don't want to hear. Perhaps I don't want to know. Perhaps I might presume that ignorance will save me from guilt of disobedience or rebellion or lawlessness or rejecting Christ and his commands. Perhaps I don't hear because I don't want to hear. When, uh, when, uh, when we were kids, we used to eat lunch and we lived out, it was called the BB Ranch, and we would eat lunch and after lunch, we were still fairly young and mom would make us take a nap after lunch. And so what we would do is we would eat our lunch and as soon as mom would leave the room, we would like gobble it down really quick and we would run out into the backyard and in the backyard there were these different grain silos and then there were these old school like grain, uh, it was a, they were grain silos but you could climb up in the top and then drop down inside because a couple of them were empty and we would go hide in there and then we would plug our ears so that when mom said, hey kids, time to come in and take a nap, that we wouldn't hear. So we would just plug our ears. So then, then later, after we were done playing, then we could come in and tell her like, and she'd be like, hey, I called you to come in and take a nap. Where were you? And be like, oh, sorry, we didn't hear you. We were out in the granary. It's a perfect plan. The only problem is we were also kids and we weren't very patient. So we'd be like, hey, listen and see if she's done calling. And that was the flaw in the plan. Because then we would hear and then we'd have to come in. Because we were pretty good kids. But we knew that if we didn't hear, we didn't have to come in. You see, what I'm, you see what I'm saying here? We're like, <laughs> I didn't disobey you, mom, because I didn't hear you. Is this getting in? I didn't hear you, so I didn't have to obey you. I didn't hear you because I didn't want to hear you. And I think it's important for us right now in our journey with the Lord. And by the way, I know we're all here in this room right now because... 
We do want to hear. I mean, we're in this room right now because we're saying, Lord, I am. I am wanting you to complete the good work that you've begun in me. Like, I'm not here to browbeat you. Like, you showed up? Well, good thing. Here comes the heat. No, no. But, but we are on a journey, aren't we? We are on a sanctification journey. Christ is being formed in us. We're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're being sanctified. We've already been justified through the blood of Christ. We're saved based on what Christ has done. But we're being sanctified based on what we with Christ are doing. Do you, do you see what I'm talking about? See, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you notice those are verbs. They are being, we are being renewed. That's a verb. There is action happening. We're trading old pathways and old ways of thought, and we're replacing them with new pathways and new rhythms that result in habits. How many of you guys know that listening is a habit? And that's what we're talking about today. The, the word of God, it says, is a two-edged sword. You guys are familiar with that. The word of God is a two-edged sword. And it says this, it's, it's, it's useful for correction, for reproof, for encouragement, for teaching. So we need to allow the word of God to come in and do that with us. And it goes even further. It says, it's a two-edged sword. And it says this, it says it cuts between bone and marrow. And it says it discerns even the very motivation of your heart. The Word of God actually reveals to us what is motivating us. That's some deep stuff. Now, it's vital that we embrace that. It's vital that we listen to that. It's vital that we say, okay, wait a minute. Lord, I, if the Word of God is going to reveal to me the motivation of my own heart, it means that I actually need the motivation of my heart to be revealed. That would be one thing. Two, it also implies this, and we know in the scripture it also says this, the heart of man is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? So if we're just going to trust our heart apart from the word of God, the thing we need to understand is, number one, before you gave your life to the Lord, you deceived yourself all the time, right? Can I get an amen? But here's the thing, we're also going through a sanctification process, and our own hearts can still deceive us. Our hearts are no longer sinful, but they still can deceive you. Are you with me? How many of you guys have been 100% right about something? How many of you have later found out you were not right about that thing? Yeah, everybody here. And it's like, you know what the worst is? Every time I get in an argument with my wife, Karen, it's like the times, because I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm actually a very humble person. I mean, I just got knocked down a little bit because I just told you, but... Yeah. I actually am. I have decided, like, I can humble myself. I don't have to be right all the time. But every once in a while, I just want to pick a fight. I'm just like, for, I just want to be right and have said that I was right and then have been right. And it never goes well for me. And it'll be like, it'll be like, it will be like, no, that happened on a Thursday. It's like the dumbest things. These are not like big deal kind of things where I pick a fight. They're like stupid little things. But I'm like, oh, I really want this. Like, I want this. Like, Karen will be like, well, they came over on a Thursday. And I'm like, nah, it was a Tuesday. And she'll be like, honey, it really was a Thursday. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's no big deal either way, but it was straight up a Thursday. And she'll be like, honey, I'm telling you. I'm like, no, seriously, let's just call them right now because it was a Thursday. And I don't know what happens. It just happens. Or I'm just like, I know that I know that I know. And then I call them up or I look back at my calendar, stupid calendars, look back, dead coming, it was a Tuesday. I'm like, you were totally right. I don't know why it is that when I decide that I'm going to just be right, nine times out of ten, I'm wrong. <laughs> 
Now, I know you guys are all much more righteous than I am, but I just use myself humbly as an example to tell you that I've been 100% convinced and then found out I'm wrong when I checked with an objective truth. Are you with me? And we need the scriptures and we need other people to be an objective truth for us. And by the way, if the other people aren't people that believe in the scriptures, you might want to look for a different, different other person. They need to be adhering to scripture also. But the point that I'm trying to make is this, is that we have to be willing to listen to the scripture, listen to the word of God, and allow it to begin to discern even the motivations of our heart. Can you receive that? And, it, it, you know, it's so straightforward. I think this is something that we miss. It's so straightforward. It's something that we miss. And what I want to encourage us with today is like, Lord, let the scriptures come in right now, Lord Jesus. Let the two-edged sword come in right now, Lord Jesus, because you are so good at this. You are so kind. But God, would you speak to us today as we're looking at this, as we're listening, as we're hearing these things, would you, oh God, begin to expose the motivations of our heart, the good ones and the ones that need adjustment. Amen? Amen. And that's what we're talking about here, saying, okay, could it be, could it be, Lord, discern, discern me, O oh God, come Holy Spirit, through your scripture, could it be, Lord, that there are places where I don't hear you because I don't want to hear you? One of the things that, 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 that is beautiful about the kingdom of which we're a part is that we have been given a free will. Just say that, free will. Free will. I get to choose. Yeah, say it. I get to choose. You are absolutely right, but let me tell you what you get to choose. You see, when we come, we do get to choose. Freedom and the ability to choose is 100% necessary in order for us to be in a real relationship. Right? If you're in a forced marriage, that doesn't mean it's a loving marriage. All right? We're not in a forced marriage. We're in a loving marriage. And we have been given the opportunity to choose, which means we've been given the opportunity to love. So I have to be able to choose in order to love. And that's what we've been invited into. However, that is a specific choice that we're making. And that specific choice is that each day, several times a day, we get to choose relationship with the giver of life to draw us closer in that direction or choose relationship with the way of sin and death. We don't set the terms. Are you with me? Now, are there many, many creative ways to turn away from the Lord? Oh, what creative ways we find, right? What creative, we're so very creative sometimes in the way that we choose to turn away from the Lord. But here's the thing, they all are a choice towards sin and death. You're either going towards him or you're going away from him in your choices. Can you receive that? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am masterful at rationalizing things when I want to choose to move away from the Lord. I know none of you have ever done that on purpose. So I feel like it's, I know it's just me, but I'm so masterful at moving towards something and coming up with these ways to justify what I'm doing as I'm slowly creeping away from him. 
And then suddenly, I'll be asking, Lord, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Where's your voice? Where's wisdom? What do I do? And you know why I don't hear him? I think sometimes because I don't want to hear him. And today, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, and, and, and Lord, by your word, would you help us, God, to recognize that wisdom is calling out? That the scriptures are already speaking. That there are things that you've already said that I know that are written in my heart, that are written in my mind. We have, we have been given the rhythms of walking with the Lord from days of old. Right? Remember with Joshua, write these things on the tablet of your heart. Study them and meditate on them day and night. What does meditate mean? It means that you take that, that saying, right? How about this? Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love him with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Meditate on that. Ooh. Yes. Lord, you're one. Not many. Not confused. One. I need to love you with every part of my being, my heart, my strength, my mind, my whole self, my soul, all of me. That's active, Lord. As I think about that, that's active. That's not just mental ascent. That's also affection and intimacy. But that's not just inward. That's my strength. My actions are, are, are motivated and spurred on because of my love and my whole being, my whole soul. Come on, that, that starts to take meaning on, doesn't it? Suddenly, you're engaged in a way. Why? Because you're meditating on it. And what happens when you meditate on something? You become, you become wired to think from that perspective, to hear from that perspective. How many of you have ever walked into a room filled with people who speak a language other than the one that you speak? Right? And it just sounds like they're speaking in tongues. Because they are. It's a different tongue than the tongue you speak in. And so all you hear is just... Right? But then after a while, if you're there and you, can't, and you, and you choose to, you begin to learn the language. And so you start beginning to hear... Ford. Drive. Hot dog. You're like, I got three things. I heard three things that time. I don't know what they mean yet, but I heard them. Why? Because I'm learning to hear that language. I'm learning to listen. Are you with me? And that's what the, that's what the scripture is telling us to is it's saying, does not wisdom call? The fact that we don't listen yet doesn't mean wisdom's not calling. Can you receive that? So we're learning to embrace a rhythm where we begin to silence ourselves and learn something new through rhythms of space and silence and applying ourselves to hearing in a way that maybe we didn't hear before. Now, there's an interesting thing here that, that I want to tell you because we can learn to, we can, we can begin to learn to listen. So, so we just talked about that. Am I, am I in a place where I'm embracing listening? And do I want to hear? I want to share a story with you recently because how many of you guys know you can listen and not hear? 
right? All right, who, who here has, and I, I'm sure that wives can do this. They probably are just smart enough to not tell us that they do it, but men do this all the time. I don't know if it's a survival thing that the Lord has just given us as a gift. It doesn't work long-term, but occasionally it'll get you out of a pinch. And that is your wife is sharing something with you and, you're, and then she goes, you're not listening. And you go, yes, I am. She goes, what did I just say? And you look at her and then you just repeat it back verbatim, exactly what they said, right? And your wife is like... And now here's the, here's the thing. We're actually hearing it for the very first time as we're repeating it back to you. I don't know how our brains do it, but it's like we have this little recorder that's recording even though we're not hearing a thing. And as soon as you call us out, like, you're not listening. And you're like, oh, okay, what did she say? And you just wait for a second and like, and it's like, it like boots, you know, it's like brrr, the little pinwheel. And then you go, you were just saying that you're really upset because your sister didn't call and you're really hoping that that connection is gonna get a little stronger and you're wondering what, what you should do next. And she's like, okay. But they can tell, like, you did that thing. Like, you don't really get points for it. They're like, I'm going to let you live. But you also need to learn how to hear. So I don't know why that works. The ladies, I got to know right now, actually, can you do the same thing? Do you guys do that? You just, well, it's because you're just already listening. That's what it is. You never have to because you're already listening. Dad, it. More virtuous than us. Okay. Let me tell you a story. I was at, uh, so Mark and Sarah just got married recently. They're in Reading and we're setting everything up and we're all running around. My sister Leah is helping to coordinate the wedding. And so we have this beautiful little, there's like a stage like this and then there's a smaller stage in front and like a big pretty thing that, behind them and some steps. And so we put the steps in the front of the stage and the room looks gorgeous. We got it all set up and, and Sarah walks out and looks at it and is like, Ugh, and Leah's like, mm-mm. And because the steps that we put in the front were just ugly. They're just, they just were ugly. And so what they were, so they were thinking, we got to, we got to do something different here, move these steps. So Leah calls me over, my sister Leah, hey Josh, come over here. And she says, we're looking at the step situation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, so what I want to know is, is Mark going to be on the stage when Sarah, when the bride comes in, when Sarah comes in? And I go, well, he doesn't have to be. And she's like, okay, is Mark going to be on the stage when Sarah comes in? And I'm like, well, we could just move the steps to the side. It's not even a problem. She's like, is he going to be on the stage though? Or is he going to be on the ground when she comes? I'm like, we can put him on both sides. It doesn't matter which side they come out. And she starts laughing and she goes, you're not hearing me. And I go, I don't know what you want. She goes, well, you haven't listened yet. And I'm like, I am listening. She goes, well, you're not hearing me. How many of you know you can listen and not hear? Okay, so, so here's the thing. Sometimes, see, when, when, when she was bringing it to me, I was deducing like this, like what she's asking equals where are we going to put the stairs? Not in front, clearly not in front. So I knew where we were going, which kept me from finding out how we were going to get there. See, sometimes we know where we're going as believers, and it keeps us from listening to find out how he wants us to get there. This has gotten us into a lot of trouble. Because we're like, I read the back of the book and Jesus wins and we're with him. So I'm just pretty much going to just go with that. No need to be listening to anything else in here. <laughs> We've made a lot of agricultural decisions based on the world's going to end. Right? We made a lot of political decisions based on that Jesus is coming to rapture us next week. We made a lot of short-term decisions based on knowing where we're going to go, but not hearing 
how he wants us to get there. And so then we don't contextualize his voice in how he plans to get us there. Are you with me? This is a huge deal for us being in step with and contextualizing the voice of God. And, and he speaks to us so much through the scriptures. Can you receive that? Now, what's amazing too, think about this now. Holy Spirit, here's Jesus. He's on the earth, right? He's getting ready to go. And he says to the disciples, he says, listen, it's really important that I leave. I know you guys are really sad that I'm leaving. However, it's good that I do leave because if I leave, then I will send the comforter and he will remind you of everything that I've said. Now, where do we read the scriptures? Where do we hear everything that Jesus has said in the scriptures, right? And what does the Holy Spirit still do? Reminds us of everything that Jesus said. How did Jesus resist temptation when Satan was tempting him? By reciting the scriptures that he remembered, that he knew because he put them in them. How did he know how to refute what the enemy was bringing in times of temptation? Because you know what the enemy was doing? He was trying to get Jesus to fulfill his mission outside of how God was directing him to fulfill the mission. Do you get that? Jesus was here to save the world and Satan said to him, I will give you the whole world. Hey, that would work out nice. We don't even have to die on a cross for that. That sounds easier, actually. And it gets where I'm going, right? Thank God that Jesus showed us that we look at what the Word of God says and it is contextual for how we're going to get where he's taken us. Do you see that? This is an important part of the rhythm of our lives that we silence ourselves, that we have those times to inculcate the scripture, to make room in silence and meditation, not just one time a day, but a few times a day where it's in us, we're taking that time to quiet ourselves and listen, and then we're, we, we have it in, it's written on our hearts, it's written on our minds, our soul is used to hearing it, we're looking at the picture, and Holy Spirit comes and says to you, all things, like when somebody's coming and saying, hey, you know what, let's smoke some weed. Like, they, they legalized it. And you're going, you know what, that's a really good point. And I used to love weed. And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And you go, ah, oh, that's right, back when I smoked weed, <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> right? Are you with me? But why did I know that? Because I knew the scripture and Holy Spirit reminded me of it. It contextualized something for me. I listened and I heard. Why? Because I'm embracing what God has shown me and I'm listening and I'm hearing. Now I want to talk to you about one other thing about hearing. Let me, uh, let me just go to here. Let me read this to you. Hear, for I will speak noble things and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. The spirit of wisdom is saying, listen, I'm not going to give you wicked things. That's an abomination to me. And he goes on. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There's nothing twisted or crooked in them. They're all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. In other words, if you are in the practice of listening and hearing my words, when I speak to you, it all makes sense. You guys know that, that turn of phrase, right? Now, let me get this straight. Right? You guys have heard that? Let me get this straight. This is where it comes from. They're all straight to him who understands. You and I are choosing to listen and hear, and you know what? We can get it straight. 
Because we're used to hearing that. Now here's, here's a, a, a little strategy piece that I want to share with you today before we close. And, and this is something that, that, that comes again to, Lord, search my heart. Search the motivation of my heart. Is there a place in me that doesn't want to hear? Could you put your finger on that? And remember, we're going to the most kind person in the whole world, right? Like when Jesus was our enemy, he's the best enemy we could ever had. He's the only one that like died to redeem you before you even knew about him. And that was when he was your enemy. Now he's your friend. How much more will he not give you all good things, including the Holy Spirit? Can I get an amen? amen? So we're going to this Jesus and saying, will you search my heart? Will you show me what it is that's going on in me if there's something that I don't want to hear? Because oftentimes what we have, what we have is we have an agenda. We have certain things where we're trying to get the scriptures to serve what we already want to believe. You guys remember when I shared about C.S. Lewis, right? When, the, when, the, when Uncle Screwtape is saying, to, is, saying, uh, is saying to Wormwood, his nephew, he says, listen, Christianity, if you want to nullify Christianity, just make it Christianity and. Make it Christ and anything will do. Christ and dieting. Christ and the environment. Christ and, you know, gender equality. Christ and justice. Christ and anything. Because what will happen is all of what they hear and believe and see will then have to go through that very narrow filter, that very narrow one facet of the kingdom. And you'll take a whole kingdom and they'll try to squeeze it through one tiny little facet. And it doesn't matter if the facet's good or bad. You can't get the kingdom and force through it. But it'll cause a, someone who's following Christ to see everything through that one agenda instead of getting the whole kingdom agenda, which usually includes the very thing you're excited about. Do you see that? And we come in, we come in with an agenda. And oftentimes that agenda is that we've already made up our mind about something. It's whether it's a way that we want to live, whether it's our favorite pet project, or maybe it's our favorite pet sin. Sometimes it's not even sin, but it might be an overemphasis that we have. And we want to make the kingdom serve the thing that we're most excited about. Right? We call that a sacred cow, right? We don't want to kill that sacred cow. And we have to allow the Spirit of God, we have to allow the Scriptures, we have to allow others in our lives to be able to come in and question those things. And what does that involve? That involves us humbling ourselves before the Scriptures, before the Lord, and before others to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about this. Here's what the Scripture says about this. And then here's where it gets really hard. What do you think? What do you think, Teresa? Do you know why Teresa is so qualified to speak into my life when I come to her like that? Do you want to know what the number one thing is? She's not me. She's not me. She can be totally, totally objective about something that is very subjective for me. I have a dog in that hunt. Are you guys seeing this? You see... We have to allow the Lord to bring his kindness, and it's his kindness that leads to repentance. Remember, I'm talking about his character, but we have to allow him to come in and question us and begin to call us back to his standard of righteousness. But it does require us to be willing to listen and hear, which means we're actually humbling ourselves and saying, it is possible that I might be wrong, and I am willing, I'm willing to hear that. 
Oftentimes we're spending a lot of time trying to avoid something we're protecting. One of the things that, um, that I realized, I've been on this team now for 12 years, and uh, Janelle has had to sit through a lot of strategic conversations with me, and unfortunately for about five years before I realized that I was doing this, and they would just take forever, and we'd just be going around and around and around, and she'd come to with me with a simple question, a logistical question, and I like could not answer it. And I'd be like, well, it could be this, or well, maybe this, or but then what about this? And finally, I'm sure Janelle thanks God, but finally the, the Lord sort of brought it to my mind like, Joshua, what are you trying to avoid? And so now when I start asking, when I start noticing myself getting into this weird fog of constant circular thinking where I just can't seem to come up with a, with a logistical answer, then I'll ask myself this. Okay, hang on, hang on, Janelle. Let me just, Lord Jesus, what am I trying to avoid right now? Joshua, what are you trying to avoid? And when I ask myself that question, almost immediately, I'll, I'll think, oh, I, you know, I don't know, Adrian, I'm going to single you out. I don't want to hurt Adrian's feelings. Adrian asked me about that, and I haven't touched base with him yet, and I don't know how he's going to feel if I assign that to Matthew without talking to him. So I can't make that decision yet, or I need to be honest about the fact that I need to tell Adrian, Adrian, I didn't pick you for this, and here's why. I'm having Matthew do it. Are we okay? Once I get that out there, I can make a decision. And I, and I dare say that a lot of us, when it comes to this place of listening and hearing both God and others and our own soul, if you'll ask that question, if you can't hear, if you're saying, I can't hear, I have such a hard time hearing, Start, I have a hard time knowing what the next thing is, I read the scriptures, but they don't feel very clear, I talk to other people, but I don't like other people, it's <laughs> a whole other problem, um, right, I, I search my own mind, but I can't seem to get it, I, I just want to give you this as a helpful thing to just say, Lord God, help me, and then ask yourself, Joshua, what are you trying to avoid right now, is there something you're afraid of, is there something you're avoiding, and then just wait. And almost every time, your soul will tell you, well, you're afraid of this. You're trying to avoid this. You don't, you don't want to hurt Adrian's feelings. Or you're afraid Ben's going to reject you if you tell him the truth about this or whatever. We have to talk after Ben. We're, we wait a lot going on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you guys able to receive that? Does that make sense? This is a huge thing. Oftentimes, we're not listening and we don't want to hear because we, I'm sorry, we're not listening and we don't hear because we don't want to hear. Not the whole of you. Most of you does. But part of you is like, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I don't want to take a nap. I can't hear you, mom. Can't hear you. I want to obey, but I can't hear you. And we're doing that to the Lord. Thank God for the scriptures that call us back. Can you receive this? So, so today, all, all that I really want for us to receive, I mean, may it be much more, but at, but at minimum today is, number one, Lord, am I providing space in my rhythm each day? More than just in the morning, but space at least three times a day where I'm quieting myself enough to hear from God, from my own self. What's going on? How are we doing, Lord? Am I silencing myself enough to listen? If he is speaking, am I silent long enough to even hear him? And then secondly, Lord... Is there something I'm trying to avoid? Is there something where I actually know that I'm currently in rebellion against you? Like I already heard the last thing you told me, but I refuse to repent of it. 
I want to hold on to it. I want to keep doing it my own way. Like everybody around me is so judgmental lately. All they want to talk about is that one thing that I refuse to call a sin. Bunch of jerks. Can't believe it. They all agree. <laughs> oh, Lord, is that, some, is that an area where, I ref, where I, I'm listening but I refuse to hear? God, help me. I'm willing to let you go deep on that one. I'm willing to do something differently. You see, oftentimes when we don't hear the voice of God, it's because we haven't responded to the last thing he said. And now he's so kind when he does it. He never says like, you, get out. No, no, no. He says, you, I died for you. Like, you're already redeemed. Now let's talk about sanctification. You can't, you can't hit people with that stick anymore. Give me the stick. Come here. You're my son. Give me the stick. Give me, give me the stick. All right? He's not rejecting you. He's teaching you that you're with him. But he doesn't lower the standard down to our current level of obedience. He calls us up to his level of obedience. And with it brings freedom in life. Can you receive that? Jesus, we, we come to you today, Lord, and we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for your kindness. We're so grateful for the way that you have approached us. And Lord, today as we're looking at Proverbs 8, we want to respond to say, God, give us ears to hear. Give us a heart that wants to learn. And you, you already have, Lord, but all the more, let it increase. Father, if there are places where we've been avoiding you or places that we've, we don't want to hear, give us the grace to hear. Give us the love and courage to move towards that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us this knowledge today, Lord. May we, res may we respond in the confidence of who you are and what you've taught us today. In Jesus' name, amen.